Thanks for tuning in to the Sick Beach Podcast, brought to you by West Crescent Vintage and me, your host, Bree Westry. Sick Beach is a place where creatives, movers, and doers come to hang out and share their lives and experiences as they set out to achieve their goals and their dreams, no matter how unconventional the method. Stick around, because it's going to be sick. Welcome back to the Sick Beach Podcast, where creatives, movers, and doers come to hang out. This week, we are joined by Rashad White. Rashad is a dope photographer and videographer in the Austin area with quite a full portfolio underneath his belt already. Rashad founded White Noise Media back in 2015. His work primarily consists of around fashion, music, editorial, and sports. His series, Watercolors, is one of the coolest melanin-filled concepts just waiting to be on the cover of a magazine. He also recently recently got back from tour photographing Sam Houston's national journey and I just want to say like wow oh my gosh thank you for joining us Rashad that was a really good intro yeah right okay so um let's start at the very beginning I always want to say so you're from San Antonio Mm -hmm. right born born and raised no, born overseas actually oh okay wait so let's let's start at that journey so is this recording yeah it is yep Cool. Uh, <laughs> That's the I, best. I was looking at it, I was like, wait a minute, is this actually? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I was born in Germany. Whoa, me- Siri just hurt. Whoa, that was crazy. Let me turn my phone off too. <laughs> Dude, the robots are coming to just try to listen in on all of my conversations. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was born in Germany. My dad was in the army. And oh, so okay. at the time, he was stationed on a military base in Germany in a city called, uh, I believe, Wurzburg is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And so I was only there for like the first six months. So, of course, I remember nothing. No, yeah, yeah. And, it's just uh, kind of like I was there. Right. <laughs> And so my first vivid memories of uh, where I was living was when I was six, I lived in Arkansas for a year while my dad was in Korea. When he came back, we moved to San Antonio. So that was 2001. Wow, okay. And so yeah. I, lived from, I lived in San Antonio from 2001 and 2013, and then I moved here to go to St. Edwards. Yeah, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So growing up in San Antonio, uh, what, what, what did you get into? Like, what, what were you enjoying like back then? Um, Leading up to photography, or was photography just like right there from the jump? Something that was I was not interested in creative stuff until way later. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into photography until I came to St. Edwards. Wow. Okay. And um, what I, when I was younger, I wanted to be a professional bowler. All right, that's yes. cool. I was excited when I wasn't. I didn't need the bumpers, you know. Now I can I can go bumper less, but I'm sure you yeah. have like a better skill than that to have wanted to be a professional yeah, bowler. Yeah, well, I maybe want to be a professional bowler was a little bit strong, but I was in a league. I wanted to be good. I wanted to get better. I went to tournaments and whatnot as a kid and what and all that. So and I want to get back into it now. I just I need a new ball. Mine are old. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to get a new one. 
But um, that's what I was doing for a lot of that, kind of just into video games, into sports, into wrestling as a kid. I just realized my diffuser was probably providing the best ambient noise for you guys. <laughs> Enjoy that. It's gone. <laughs> but just know your, your deep breath is now over. <laughs> I'm sure. sorry. Continue. Um, so what was the original question? Um, well, we were just talking about you bowling and then mm-hmm. just what you were getting like into when you were just growing up. Since you said Got creativity it. like wasn't really the forefront until college. Yeah. Um, my first taste of getting in the, into the creative realm was like around 2007 when I was seventh grader, so mm. middle school. Yeah. And that's when I was just learning how to do anything technology-wise. It would, it would amaze me. Being able to put um, wallpapers on my PSP and music on my PSP was like the most mind-blowing thing at the time for me. And so I started messing around with Windows Movie Maker because around then YouTube was two years old. Everybody was just making slideshows. Me, I totally did that. Of celebrities. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I want to know how to do this yeah. stuff. And so I started making those kind of videos too. And I made some... Um, awful content but content nevertheless for me it was everything at the time and because youtube was so much smaller that kind of, my kind of stuff was easy to find like i had like 2000 subscribers at the time dang I, so you were you were actually an og youtuber mm-hmm. og wow i'm in the presence <laughs> like i remember this is seventh grade me so like when i was first getting into rap music and understand you know just trying to grasp it mm-hmm. you see what I like and what I didn't we were deep in the Soldier Boy era and so I made this video called Soldier Boy vs. 50 Cent who is the better rapper and that video has like at least 100,000 views right now still it was blowing up and people were in the comment section just wilding I didn't care I was like 7th <laughs> yeah. grade I was like Uh, okay whatever your opinion doesn't matter I'm glad I approached it that way because I probably wouldn't approach such a negativity now but yeah yeah negativity then and now was not the same back then it was just like childish name calling where now it's much more toxic oh yeah the the internet culture is a whole different realm now oh yeah okay so let's then i guess fast forward to coming to austin what Mm. pushed you to come to st edwards what was your driving factor um they offered me they said i could apply for free the dollars. They gave the discounts yeah. and the dollars. <laughs> they said I could apply for free. And they, um, you know, it was like, you know, you waive the fee and what that fee applies. So I was like, sure, why not? I was pretty convinced on going to UT. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if St. Edwards is going to offer me somewhat of a scholarship and I don't have to pay these fees and whatnot, I'll at least consider it. Um, UT pretty much, it was, it was, uh, what's the phrase? It was their game to lose, I guess. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I was all invested in going there. And they wanted me to go to El Paso for a year and transfer. Which absolutely not. Yeah, I was not going to do that. And so I'm saying Edwards, they accepted me before I found that out. And so once UT, I found all that out, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go to St. Edwards. Because you're like, well, uh, I want to be in Austin. That's mm-hmm. why I applied right. to you. You're mm-hmm. like, I wanted to be here. Exactly. So I'm going to come And I'm like, here. okay, we're down the street from UT. Maybe I can go get a master's at UT later, mm-hmm. which I didn't. And... Um, I saw they had the photo communications major, which they've actually changed now. The title is Photography and Creative Media, which makes so much more sense. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that. I was like, okay, cool. I can do video work and I can do some photography. And it looked like a nice balance of the two. From what I was told what it was, it actually turned out to not be a balance at all. It was strictly photography. And so I was walking into the situation with no photography knowledge whatsoever, trying to figure out how am I going to make this work? Because I want to be a filmmaker. Yeah. 
Um, that's how I that I think that's how I felt when I was going to change my major. I was like, well, what what's the clo- what what can I get? That, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so going back a little bit, so um, like I said, middle school from like 2007 to 2009, I was making YouTube videos, and then I just stopped. Mm-hmm. Around 2011, I made a new YouTube channel, which I I used it just to upload a video so my family could see me giving the speech when I was like a freshman, and I just kept the name. It was Rashad White Official, which was mm. my name for the longest time until yeah. I changed it recently to um, the Rashad X White Instagram social media handle I have in them White Noise Media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was I had started getting back into video editing because in high school there was a um, um this video a couple of video editing courses I could take. And so I was like, sure, I've done this before. It's easy, it's fun. And I just picked it up again so quick because I was already used to have the reps from when I was younger. And so I'd finish those assignments in like a day and then the rest of the week and everyone else is still working on the assignments. I was making my own videos, yeah, I was putting on yeah. YouTube. And that I went from just doing, you know, simple editing on a really terrible laptop. Eventually my parents got me a small camcorder. I just started recording videos of me and like other people around me just doing stuff. Kind of a lot of it was really cringeworthy looking back on it now, but we all have our moments of that at the time. You have to start everything, yeah. So that's why I was looking at St. Edward's, like, okay, well, if I can do photography here, I can go to um, UT's MFA video program later. Mm -hmm. Um, was it real RTF program? I was like, cool, perfect balance. I have a little bit of the two, so that's why I originally wanted to go there, was trying to get that balance, but. That changed. Yeah, that changed. Okay, so let's talk about. So you're at St. Edwards. Mm -hmm. What What was the first project that I guess you could remember working on that kind of gave you your like? Hmm, I'm getting interested in what's going on here. Like a lot more than I really thought initially. For photography or in general? For For photography. Yeah. Um. So there's two distinct moments where I remember one of them was school related and one wasn't. Mm-hmm. The first one was I joined. So when I got to St. Edwards, I joined Topper TV. I don't know if that's still around anymore. I don't know, but I, it was when mm-hmm. I definitely was in student life. I remember it still okay, being a thing. Okay, for sure. Yeah. So Topper TV and Hilltop Views, the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. And so I go to Hilltop Views. I'm just like, yeah, I want to be a photographer. And they give me an assignment. I go and buy this like cheap Nikon camera for $150. And like the first couple pictures I take, they put in the newspaper because they were already really good shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I see myself in the newspaper right now. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm like, I can actually grasp this. this yeah, cool. it's a ni- it's a nice moment of like, mm-hmm. okay, like look at me go. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, okay, cool. But at the same time, in my actual photography courses, I was doing film photography. Mm -hmm. And so I was learning how to develop and all this, while at the same time, learning how to take pictures in general. And in in classes with people who already had a grasp of photography or were much older than me, and so they already knew what they were doing. And I was just like a new kid just taking pictures of of rocks and walls and stuff. And I just had no idea what I was doing. I was getting not terrible grades, but a bunch of C's and whatnot. It was rough. And for a while, I was just like, I don't even know if I really want to do this. And I was putting most of my actual time in the top of TV because I was learning how to use DSLR cameras mm, yeah. and we were filming, which is what I wanted to do. And that was a that was a great learning experience, but it was frustrating, which is just a theme of me getting into filming. It's very yeah. frustrating. It's too many. It's, there's so many moving parts and people <laughs> that are needed for it to go well. So the second thing was. Um, the summer after freshman year, my parents for my birthday bought me a DSLR camera. I went and did a photo nice. series over the summer on my own. And that's where I was just like, okay, I can do this for real. 
grabbed a couple friends, went to different places, took some photos, and I kind of just took off from there. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's awesome. So, what would you say... Um, I want to go into kind of like developing your craft because you already kind of like talked about it. You know, like you just went out and you started shooting. But let's talk about finding what you were looking for when your eye goes behind the lens. So like, is it a movement? Do you see like an an angle and like how, how like what what is it that you see when you're going to like take the shot? And that's probably hard to put into words. That's such a hard thing right? to put into yeah. words. It's it's more of a, a feeling. I've, I've learned over time that I'm just not the type of person to be super nitpicky and very specific on posing the subject. Mm-hmm. I like to just capture people as they go, as they move. And so, I don't know. There, there's just something where I'm, I'm also a burst shooter, so I will take a lot. Yes, yeah. And when I'm seeing like something going on, the scene that I really like, okay, I'm, this is framed right, whatever they're doing is just working at the moment. It's something just goes off in my head that just says like this is gonna be a good looking image, and so I know that's a terrible answer. No, like the um, feeling, the idea of a feeling. I mean, you know, that's it's kind of like just say you you follow your gut. You're almost just like mm-hmm. yeah, it's just pleasing, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna go after. Right. Basically, yeah, basically, if I have a good feeling about it, and all the flags, all the good flags are going off in my head, I'm just like oh yeah, that's the shot, snap, and I just keep going from there. And let's talk about moving into the post-editing process. We know all the jokes about, you know, uh, people not realize, well, one, you know, you take them a bunch mm-hmm. and they think, you know, that you're going to send them a bunch. That's not the case. Let's talk about just like actually, you know, picking, finalizing images and also mm-hmm. just the process of, I mean, I've always wondered, is it like a, like a chef when you look at a photo? Like, okay, like this needs a little, you know, like... We need to touch up like here or like, mm-hmm. like, you know, we need some brightness there or some like a drop shot, whatever. I, you know, I don't know. But I'm saying like, is it just, you know, it's just like something about it. You're like, that's that's what this photo needs. At yeah, this moment. pretty, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to when I'm taking photos. I, I'm not someone that's really heavy in the photoshopping stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I try to get everything as exact as possible when I'm shooting it. That way, when I'm going back and editing, it's really just for cameras, just for like, I mean, it's just for um, colors and brightness, certain little changes and whatnot. Sometimes you can't get everything fully lit the way you want to, so I'll go ahead and make that adjustment and whatnot. But um, a lot of my editing is really just like culling the images into like the, the right amount of ones, like mm-hmm. getting rid of all the excess. Uh, perfect example, I just did a shoot a couple days ago. We took 770 photos. My first go through, just picking which ones I think would be good and interesting to edit, I narrowed it to like 330. That's half. And then the next wave, when I go through again, I'm just like, nah, I don't want to edit this. Don't want to edit this. I'll just delete, 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 delete. And I usually get somewhere between 30 and 70 images. Where I'm just like, okay, wow. these are the ones I'm going to edit and then keep. And then when it's time to post, it's like, okay, there's only like five of these I actually really want to post right now. But the rest of these, it's like, it tells the story of the day, of the shoot. And so I want to have them be able to look at them, but I might not necessarily share all of them. Mm-hmm. Or... The model's going to see something in it and be like, oh, well, those seven are actually the good ones. I'm going to take those and post them and whatever. So but, they kind of all get their their mm-hmm. time to shine. Right. So I'll, I'll, I, I try to only give people images that I would be fine with going on the internet. Ones that I think are good enough to be shown and seen by the public. But, you know, I have my taste. They have theirs. Kind of just works like that. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, actually, as for strictly editing, I, tip, I really don't Photoshop my images, like, at all. It's really just for... 
creative look and colors and whatnot. Yeah. Let's um, sidestep to who would you say are your photographer, <laughs> photographer like photography or like videography cinematographer inspirations right now? Who are you watching and eyeing like their movements? And would you say just kind of kind of give you that inspiration, maybe not just in style, but also just in like, okay, they're motivating me to get out there with my camera. Sure, so Greg Noir is the first person that comes to mind. He is a concert photographer based out of Houston. Um, I wish he still did his podcast. It was really good when he was making it. Um, I mean, he shot everybody from Ty the Creator to Childish Gambino to Billie Eilish to, like, just anybody famous you could think of. Like, he goes to South By, he goes to Coachella, he goes to all the big festivals and shoots all of them. And he just has amazing top-notch work. So, like, when I was shooting for Sam Houston or, I mean, mainly Sam Houston, but him or Alicia Alani or other people I'm shooting for here in Austin, I'm just like, okay... I just need to just try to be in the moment, just be in the right spot, get the best shot I can. Because, you know, he might take 400 pictures, for example, in a night, but it's only that one that gets sent all around the internet. Yeah. And so it's like... And that's all it takes. That's all really. it takes. Yeah. To get in the, being in the right spot, right time, right place type of thing, which, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say I've mastered that, but I'm getting pretty good at it, I would say. Yeah. And that's all... I mean, that's... Just, like, starting to see it, and then, like, it just it starts to flow. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, other people, there's this one portrait photographer. I'm going to be on my phone and look him up while I'm, like, talking about all these people. So there's one portrait photographer. His name is Johnny Cinematic. His, his colors, the colors on his images are just top-notch. Now I can't find him. Yeah, I found, I found it. So... <laughs> The, the the posing, the colors, it's just his images are really bold and just stand out. They just, they look really oh, good. Oh, wow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't even know how I found this guy. Just a couple, like a year or two ago, I was just going through looking for people and I came across his work. Her skin you know in that saying? just looks... I don't know. It looks like liquid gold. I don't know. <laughs> it just looks perfect. If, it, if you're looking at his Instagram, Johnny Cinematic, right now, the image we're talking about is the one with the um, the woman has a $100 bill in her mouth and it's on fire. That's yeah. the one we just it's reacted like to. It's like pure bad bitch energy right there. That's so great. And that's pretty much just, oh, I found him through this one um, singer. I think her name's Tannerelle. I think that's how you say her name. I found him through her. And this is her right there. Oh shoot! Okay. So I found okay. I found him through. Oh, she she did with them. And I was just like, okay, this guy is on something. And so I followed him, and he's been like a easy inspiration of mine. Um, those are the main two right now, yeah. to be honest. Okay. Um. So, when it comes to the equipment that you like to use, what 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 would you say are your go to go to to shoot with? Like, which ones do you have? Cameras? Yeah, cameras, sorry. Yeah, so, it was not specific. Yeah. <laughs> so right now I'm shooting with a Sony A7R3 mm-hmm. and um, a 28 to 75 millimeter zoom lens. So it's this is my first time having this lens combination. Mm-hmm. So skipping forward, skipping forward and back. <laughs> um, so on the tour with Sam Houston, we ended up getting robbed at the end of the tour. Yeah, I was going to talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And so I had to get a new camera and all that when I got back. I got the same camera. But um, at first, I had a 28 millimeter and an 85. I didn't. I got tired of switching lenses. It's just really frustrating, especially when they're on such opposite ends of like length. So I was like, "Cool, let me try a zoom lens and see how I like it." 
and it's nice. It's not um like okay, te- technical talk. The aperture is a two point eight compared to using a one point eight and a one point four, which those can bring in so much more light and have just much more depth of field than the mm-hmm. zoom lens yeah. can. But you know, it's still really good. So I'm kind of just like. I like it. I don't love it. It's ideal in some situations. Probably a lot of situations I'm in, it's pretty ideal. But there are others, like I'm doing some concerts or just shooting from long distances. I wish I had, like, my 85 millimeter still because the shots just came out much better. But that's what I'm doing right now. I would like to get a second camera this year if I can get my coins up. I would love to get me a second one to play around with. That'd be nice. Would love to see some new work, but hey, guys, come on, y'all got a book, y'all got to get it, cause like he's, we gotta, he's, we gotta get more cameras, we gotta get more work out there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm um, so let's talk about shooting watercolors. Like, dude, okay. oh my gosh, that was such a beautiful shoot. Thank you. So let's go into conception all the way to like fruition. Like, where where did this even start? Ooh, okay, so this ta- this started in 2017. I did this pool series called Aquapira, which was exactly what, like, the, the it was a nighttime um, watercolor shoots. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, yeah. It was just that for the whole series. And I need, I'm going to see if I can find more of these, too. But, um, so, the, I, so I did that series. I wasn't in, like, the, I was in my post-grad depression time, for sure, when I shot that. So, this was July 2017. I was just like, eh, about it. Like, I shot them in July. I didn't even post them until almost November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just held on to them, and one day I was like, you know, I should probably get these together and try to put something out. It was just the idea of, like, playing with my flash, playing with the gel, colorful gels, and just... I just wanted to see how I would work with water. And I came back to the concept because I felt like I could have did much better with it. Um, really just me on the editing side, more of just like picking the right, like kind of just taking a little bit more time and curating it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Just picking, instead of just being random and sporadic with it and kind of just trying to capture it. Like there's one shoot from this um, in particular, this shoot here, you can take it. Yeah. With um, Caitlin, like, that's the one I'm like, okay, I nailed this the way I want to with this series. Let me try again. But I want to rebrand and just do something a little yes. bit different with it this time. So it had been two years at that point. So new people, new locations, new settings, new camera. And I just wanted to see, okay, how can I make some really interesting portraits? Now, I was originally just going to do this on my own. But then my roommate, um, Tony who made all the covers, he was always telling me that he wanted to make like magazine covers out of my images. And so we were just going back and forth and we were beginning inspired by um, this photographer named Anthony Supreme. He's J. Cole's photographer. Okay, cool. And he has his own yeah. actual magazine called Preem Magazine. And we both just really love his work and what they do in the magazine. And we basically just took the idea of like their front magazine concepts and just applied it to our images. And so I took all the images, of course, and edited and everything. And I would give my favorites to Tony, and he would just go through and pick out his favorites and make covers out of them. Like they all, I'm like they all need their own. Like I need a magazine behind. It's almost <laughs> like a tease that I can't go and purchase <laughs> these. I, like I want th- this. This series took a lot out of me. Like yeah. it drained me to do that. I I was once I was done with it. I didn't want to shoot anything and. and 
it was at the time when I went on tour where I started like really shooting again. It was stressful because you know we artists we can be hard on ourselves just for you are always your biggest always, critic and you're always thinking reason. about the outside because I, I mean you have to in a way but you're also like wait you still have to listen to your inner being of like is this just something that mm-hmm. I'm proud of yeah I get right. that and so and also trying to find a balance of like when to stop like when like when like how many how much more of this can I get out of the concept without overdoing it that was one of the issues with the original with Aquapir I feel like I overdid it with the not necessarily the wrong people because I like shooting with all the people I wanted to but I, I definitely could have picked my pool of people better I felt like and just or even reshot some of the shoots I did but this one I actually didn't reshoot one of the shoots to get some of the shots I wanted so I ended up with eight people I should have did nine because eight's a weird number but whatever it is what it is <laughs> but I should I should have just did nine I, was, I originally was going to do six but when I got to six, it was like it was this, it was this weird thing happening where I was trying I was reaching out to so many people that I wanted to work with and like I ended up with eight people. I probably talked to like twenty six people, and Man. most most people were either busy, not interested, or just weren't answering me at all. So you know, you ask a bunch of people, you get a bunch of no's, and then you get four yeses in a row. And it's like, uh, okay, now I'm at a weird number. Yeah, I was at, I got to seven. I was just like, there's no way I can put this up with seven people. That looks crazy. So I got an eighth, and then put that last block as, like, the name of it, and so it looks good on the feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, it was just, it was so many pictures. I took 10,000 photos for that series. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine, like... <laughs> I took 10,000 photos. I, I kept track of, like, all my numbers and everything. I took 10,000 photos for I, series. Uh, d- uh, yeah, just keeping track of your... No- oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I can't even imagine. <laughs> so, I did the whole thing in... Just over two months. That's all it took Crazy. to shoot everybody. And to me, that feels like forever. But yeah. two months is not a long time to work on a creative project. Yeah, about two months. Yeah. Oh my gosh, insane. So yeah, it was uh, a. Well, I mean, it it turned out amazing. Yeah, looking back on it, I'm really really proud of it. So, no complaints over here. Yeah. Well, let's move into. We've already hinted at it a bunch of times, but the Sam Houston tour. So, Mm -hmm. how did you link up with Sam Houston? um, And was it already a friendship or a bond, or you just kind of heard about him through the idea of going on tour with him? So, I've known Sam Houston since 2016 when he moved to Austin. He's from New Jersey originally. And when he got here, somebody, he doesn't remember who for whatever reason, somebody (laughs) recommended me to him as a photographer. And so, he reached out to me. Shout out that somebody. That's what I'm saying. I really want to know who it was. But, um... A literal birdie in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it was November 2016, he reached out and was like, hey, I'm an artist from blah, 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 blah. I'm looking for a photographer to shoot, like, you know, some f- promo photos and the album cover and whatnot. And so he sent me some of his music and I was just like, oh, this is really, it gave me some really strong weekend vibes. So I was like, okay. And I found out, I'm like, okay, he's 19. I'm like, okay, you're pretty talented to be two years younger than me. Cool. He's um, like, that all right. Yeah, like, I was like, all right. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and so I met up with, I, I brought ironically I brought Tony with me because he was in town at the, he wasn't living in Austin yet and so we went in up to North Austin where he lives I met him met his dad who's his manager we all ch- chopped it up talked about what we wanted to do and whatnot because we are going to shoot those photos that day and then we also did a music video and he had another guy film the video but I took behind the scenes of that entire day yeah so yeah. 
we did I don't even know I don't I don't have like direct access to that image but in um we, we did a shoot we, we got I got up at like five in the morning because it gets really foggy over where he is so we were out there at 7 a.m right when the sun was coming up and it was just super thick dense fog and we were just shooting for like an hour and a half it was super cold it was like 35 degrees maybe Gosh. But the shots are great. Yeah, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And I know the shots were good because it's been four years and I still love the images. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've shot some trash. (laughs) I have some trash (laughs) from that year. And so I'm really proud of that set. And so when that happened, we're like, okay, cool. And so I've just been his go-to photographer ever since then. And so when tour came up, naturally he has you know the guitar player, the bass player. Had to get different bass players, this different drummer from usual. But with the guitar players, managers, brother, and wanted to bring me on too, so I could shoot and document the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And so we he got the budget together, and we all just went in this van, all seven of us, across the West Coast. Oh my gosh! So. Let's talk about a little bit about being on tour. What was it like in a van? What What were those oh, days and nights? Gosh. Is it stiff backs? Yes. And- <laughs> yes. It, it was hard. Like, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I would do it again. Yeah. I'll do it a thousand times over. But it was rough at some points. Mainly traveling in the van was just... When you're in a vehicle for so many hours in a day, you know, when you're going four hours, it's like, okay, cool, that's no big deal. The first drive was here to Denver. That's 13 hours, not including stops for food. It's just like right off the bat, you're like, we're gone. Yeah, it's like, oh, I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) It is what it is. Luckily, the van had like phone chargers and whatnot, so I could just. That time was just kind of weird. We were all just talking to each other. We were just excited or like half asleep listening to music and whatnot. Once the time went on, it got easier because, well, at least for me, I had stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Like photos to edit, videos to look yeah. at. And so I was pretty much busy like on all the trips. Everyone else was kind of just sitting around. So I, and then um, I could imagine how frustrating that could be kind of just sitting there for seven hours where you can go play for 45 minutes and have to do it all over again. Yeah, oh my gosh. Just long days, sometimes long nights, like... It was, yeah, there were definitely some hard points, rough patches and whatnot. And then the break-in that happened at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So, mm-hmm. that was that after the show, y'all just came back and things were... It was actually in between shows, in between days. Um, Sam Houston's family had flown in. That, that was the show in San Francisco. They had flown in to come and see that show. And they were all about to leave. So we were like, hey, let's go to dinner before and take them to the airport. And basically broke in while we were at the restaurant in San Dang. Francisco. Dang. It, it happened so quick, too, because um, Sam and Alejandro and um, his brother and um, Sam Houston's brother, Jordan, all of them had walked outside at some point while we were in the restaurant, except for a 10 minute window before we were about to leave. And that they had to be happen. watching it. They had to. Yeah. I have no idea. Because it's almost just like some... It was too perfect like, a timing. It's like Batman or some like random super... Like That's the only thing you could think in that short of a time. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't... And I'm surprised like no alarms went off or nothing happened at all because we weren't like... We were in the restaurant, but we were close to an exit where if like a car alarm was going off... I'm sure we probably could have heard or somebody could have heard Or even somebody heard, heard the, the crashing, the, yeah. the sound. And a couple cars that got broken situation. into at the same time as ours. Wow. San Francisco's having a really bad uh, break-in problem right now because they don't consider break-ins as high-priority crimes. So Wow. Yeah, it's like 
So y'all were dealing with that too, kind of like the slow process, like you yeah. know, like the police just felt they're, like they weren't really ba- much help. Basically, they're just like you know, file a report and we see something, but don't like look forward to it. Dang. Okay. It was, it was well, the great thing is that everybody was was. You know, I saw that, like, the fundraiser just, it did mm-hmm. really well. You know, like, people really did, you know, receive y'all yeah. open arms and just understand what y'all were going $2,000 in a day is a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, <laughs> that, and, was, that was surprising. Yeah, but also it's just like, you're like, man, you, your village will keep you up, you yeah, know, in that, the time of in That's the time what we were saying. Need. It's yeah. just like, okay, we're doing something right to be able to do this right here. We we're on, like, it was a in a very somewhat traumatic and frustrating time it was a really really nice beacon of light that we were all just clinging on to yeah it was, it, that's great yeah it, it was it was something else just seeing watching that number just rise every single day i remember just sitting there we're all trying to figure out type it out like how to go and i eventually launched it and we were just watching we were just like oh we got a thousand we got two we got three we got four and then we got a five thousand dollar donation and jumped to nine we're just like wow uh, yeah people like, care yeah that's so great and that was great so we could finish the you know yeah. that gave motivation to finish the last two days before we came back wow so even though that was a very i guess you know you know that would be like a, an awful scenario what would mm-hmm. you say like would be the exact opposite of that like the the best moment on tour that like you know the memorable show or just memorable maybe it's like a road stop you know that you just felt like this was a moment that the crew, the musician, everybody was just getting along just great. It was a great time. The show in Denver, the show in Phoenix, and for me, afterward, it was San Jose, but during it was not. The Denver and Phoenix shows were just, the reception was just so great. It was, Denver was the first night, and it was arguably like the best night of the entire tour you know probably top three i'll have to go back and i can remember looking at the images but Mm -hmm. that night was just crowd was on one everybody was on top of it it was just great energy i got great shots it just looked and sounded and felt amazing that night we're just like okay we can do this if you know we can do this in a city where no one knows who we are no one has ever heard of us and get that kind of reception get this kind of shots get this kind of look then this is something that we actually could do and so we use that to kind of just it's that momentum to ride us through the rest of the tour for me personally my best night was in san jose which ironically was one of the lower drawing nights mm-hmm. i think it was san jose yeah, it was one of the lower drawing nights of the tour, but I, I would argue it took some of my best photos of my life that night. That's I didn't so amazing. even know it. During during the show, I was like, these are awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dark and foggy. And even though my camera is really good in low light, I still am not comfortable pushing it that far. I'm not trying to destroy the image quality, but I actually shot it the w- exactly the way I needed it to. Once I got home, got to the hotel, and started looking, messing with them, editing, I was just like, okay, I think I got something here. And the next morning, I was just like, I'm a genius. <laughs> have, I'm a genius. I'm That's a genius. great. I have everything possible. And they're, they're some of my favorite shots of my life. Like, I need to print these out and put them on my wall. Yeah, what are you waiting for? <laughs> that should have been done. Uh, I'm, I'm being cheap. It was this <laughs> I feel that. here. Oh, why is that like almost a mix between 
a Michael Jackson thriller. I'm not thriller as I'm saying smooth criminal esque, mm-hmm. and then Jim Carrey the Mask, but like the perfect mysteriousness <laughs> of it all. That's so great. Wow. And then like this is this is, and this is my main image that I'm particularly like. This is yes. like my favorite image of the entire. The tour. colors. Like, I throw That's away the so rest great. of them. What sucks is when they stole our stuff. They stole my hard drive. I had video that looks like this. I don't have it anymore. You guys, I, like whoever, if y'all ever listen to this, whoever broke into that van, guess what? I'm coming for you and I'm getting that footage. How dare I mean, you deprive man. us of... <laughs> I swear, uh, I don't even care that everything else got stolen. It's the hard drive that I hate that. Luckily for me, all my photos got backed up in Lightroom. Thank you, Adobe. Um, but everything else, like all Adobe the video... Adobe, sponsor me. Adobe, please sponsor me. I would, I would love to not pay for Creative Cloud anymore. That'd be nice. Truth. <laughs> What's really hurting the bank. Right. But, um... And so for me, it was just losing that hard drive. Sucks so much. So much great video. That's just... It's going to be hard to replicate and just get that stuff back. It was just so organic. You never... Yeah, that's the thing. uh, You know, when you have to go... When you realize, like, oh, this wasn't recording, you're like, shit. mm -hmm. That moment. Yeah, so much. No matter how close you try to get it, it will never... Yeah. So it was supposed... Like, coming back, I was supposed to have had basically, like, my best set of images and my best set of video. And so... I have the photos though, and the photos are amazing. And so we have like little bits of video, but a drop in the bucket compared to what we actually yeah. have. But hey, we're pushing forward. We still got shows coming up this weekend, actually. And so life moves on. We'll get more stuff. Wait, let's plug that really quickly because this will be out before this weekend. So oh. yeah. Well, we have a show this Sunday. I don't remember where it is. It is in Austin. It is in Austin. You can and fo- that's <laughs> you, you can follow Sam Houston at Sam Houston Music. He's gonna be posting about it, but I I do not remember where we were going. I'm Guys, now phone. this is up to you. The work is on you. If you want to be at this show, <laughs> you have to follow Sam Houston Music and then go follow Rashad so you can see the shots of the show. Yeah, follow at Sam Houston Music because I don't remember where we're going. <laughs> So that kind of tells you, tells me what. Wait, no, I think we're going to um, that's the Antone show, on. Okay. Fifth Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never actually been to the venue. It's a, it's a really nice venue. Yeah, there are so many venues in the city that I need to explore still. Mm-hmm. Like that's the great thing about this city. I feel like venues are just popping up like every oh, yeah, two seconds for sure. But so that gives us a taste of what you're doing a little bit like now. So like Sam Houston, you're still going to be mm-hmm. going and photographing for him. Yes. Um, but. What else, like, possibly do you have going on in the works? Or what What do you hope to have going on in the works? Like, future aspirations as well. Even just projected the next couple months, a year, or farther. You know, I'm in a weird transition space right now. Yeah. Because, like, I'm still going to be shooting um, sports, the basketball league I'm shooting. And um, I had this another series that I did four years ago. Um, it was called The Imperfect Body. It was a, a black and white series I did. Everyone was on back, on black backdrops with like a single light source and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm essentially redoing, not redoing, but I'm doing the, the next part of that series. I'm doing it in small chunks. The first time I did it, I had nine people. Cool. Put it out when I had nine people. Had a magazine, book, everything for it. Second one I did, had 21 people, had a book and everything wow. for it, which these things are still out there somewhere. And so now that I'm doing the third one, I'm not doing big projects anymore. I'm going to try and do them in chunks. So once I shoot three people for the series, I'll post those three images. And the next time I get the next three, I'll do the next three. And I kind of just wanted to be a, con- a continuing thing rather than just one big project that I stop at. 
at least for right now, that's what I'm thinking I want to do. Or maybe I get to a certain number, I'll put them all together in a book again. I've made a book in a long time. I was going to make a book of the tour. And, you know, after all that happened and whatnot, I got back home, started back working. I just didn't really get into it just yet. But we got some new stuff coming up like with the, with um, Sam Houston and them very soon. So I'm going to see where all that goes. And yeah, then maybe yeah. I'll try to put together some stuff here. Yeah. Well, I'll be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. So my final question for you. Okay. This is the Sick Beach question. It's the question I ask all of my visitors. So okay. it's... If you could give advice to somebody setting out to do what you do, Mm -hmm. um, saying they want to jump into videography, photography, they want to get on the road and shoot with musicians, you know, what advice would you give to them? Not saying necessarily that they were going to be successful, but to give them their best running start out, out the jump. Shoot as much as you can shoot not anything but shoot like shoot things that you have passion for and like try to like work with people and connect with people because you just never know who you're gonna run into like um and don't be jealous of other people's success because you'll be frustrated you'll frustrate yourself for no reason and you'll realize that more often than not the opportunity came either because they put years in or just fell in their lap because I, I, I shoot, you know, I feel like I shoot really good concert work. And there's other people that I follow that are, you know, doing shooting, I guess, bigger things or like shooting with more known acts. And it's like, how did, how the hell did they get this thing? And it's like, oh, well, they had an opportunity because of this person or because of that person. And it's not even that I think like their work is bad or not. I think their work is great because I followed it for a reason. Yeah. I'm just like, what do I got to do to get this kind of opportunity? And you worry yourself sick worrying, thinking about that. You just got to keep doing what you're doing because while some people might get like one-off opportunities doing stuff you might be super interested in getting to at one point, you might be doing something that other people aspire to. Like I'm, I'm a photographer for a band, for a whole band that really has some stuff popping off right now. Like that's low-key a dream of mine that I even realized it was until I was in the midst of it. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I have years of video and photo of these guys. Like, I should be really proud of that. And I am. And sometimes, you know, you get outside of yourself and you're just so stuck on what do you want to do rather than um, what you are doing. Like, appreciate what you're doing. Shoot a lot. Be passionate about, you know, shoot the stuff you have passion for and whatnot. Just... I don't know, just kind of stay in your own lane and just have fun with it. Because at the end of the day, we're taking pictures. So it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking right yeah. now. No, that's great. Thank you so much for being of on course, the show. Of course. You guys have to make sure you are following Rashad. He, if you didn't know, shot like some badass photos of me so like you can look at those too true, true. Um, but you just need to follow his work and just see what he's going to be up to in the future because you know the sky's the limit we'll see you guys in the next one adios